the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Good afternoon to you, five minutes after the hour of 5 o'clock, here on the Tuesday, September 29th edition. Hope you're doing well. Great to have you with us today. We'll spend some time talking about the issues of the day and um, hopefully digging down into some subject matter that is of interest to you. One of the topics that we'll be exploring in tonight's program is the current state of Bay Area real estate. And um, boy, what a what a tricky minefield to negotiate where this time less than a year ago we were talking about the dire need for additional housing in the Bay Area, housing shortages, unbelievable spikes in the cost of housing in the Bay Area. And of course, now fast forward into the fall season, we've got again record lows when it comes to mortgage interest rates. That certainly is encouraging. But how much has the current pandemic impacted both inventory and uh, is it a buyer's market, a seller's market? Have we seen any change in the value of real estate? Even though so many jobs have disappeared, and my goodness, it seems like the best the best business to own in San Francisco is a moving company these days with a number of people leaving the city. So we'll talk all things real estate. Joining me will be Stephen Thayard. He, of course, hosts the Real Estate Connection, coincidentally, here on KFAX, and we invited him to come along and talk all things real estate and uh, get into some of the ins and outs of whether you're looking to buy, sell, move up, move down, get into it for the first time. Plenty of good, solid information will be shared when Stephen joins us a little bit later on in this first hour. Reading a story today in the New York Times. Yeah, certainly the pandemic has impacted more than just real estate. And, and you look at the impact of the pandemic overseas, um, there is no doubt that it has contributed to bringing hunger to millions of people in countries with food shortages, what with lockdowns, social distancing, drying up work, and of course, the disruption to both agricultural production and supply routes may in fact, according to the New York Times, cause a scenario where many more people wind up dying from hunger even before COVID-19 could get to them. Most startling, and we talked about this last week when Tom Lewis from Cross International was with us, most startling, 265 million people could be pushed to the brink of starvation by year's end in places like the continent of Africa because of the locust plague. We're there, they're estimating, in countries like Ethiopia and Somalia, it's the worst in 25 years. In Kenya, 
the worst in 75 years. So as much as the entire world has been focused on the impact of lives being lost to the COVID plague, it might be ultimately lives lost to something far simpler and ironically more easily avoidable, and that's hunger. Tom Lewis joins us again by phone for a bit of an update on our campaign last week in cooperation with Cross International. Tom, always good to have you with us. And, uh, boy, that's pretty Thank disturbing you. when you when you realize the number of people that could wind up in Africa dying from the indirect causes of COVID-19, coupled with the impact of this locust plague, 265 million people. Tom, that's almost the population of the United States. I know. I mean, it's just shocking. Craig, thank you for this opportunity to come on with you for a couple of minutes, guys. This is a critical, critical need. And I, I tried to stress that last week, and I want to reiterate how critical it is. And Craig, you did an awesome job here at the beginning of the program, given the stats, given the issues that are facing East Africa. Uganda, obviously one of those nations, Malawi, Zambia, Uganda, and, of course, other nations where Cross International is working are really suffering right now. And the partners that Cross International has on the ground, guys, are asking for help in a stronger way than ever. And they're using the word critical need. And when our partners use those words, you have to remember that they face these needs every day on a regular daily basis but when our partners are saying guys this truly is critical they've got our attention and so we are praying to finish the work with our kfax family a uh, hundred children actually would would take us over our goal and so i i just wonder craig if even right now we could get a number of people that would say yes to helping three children, two children, ten children. But, guys, listen, 100 kiddos, and we will go over our goals. So we're, we're excited about what could happen, but we do need some extra push. And so if you missed the broadcast uh, last week, the critical need is, is, again, there in Malawi, Zambia, and Uganda, and, of course, other nations where Cross International is working. Now, what your gift does, and I'll tell you what it is in just a moment, your gift provides food, helps to provide not only clean water, but access to clean water, because many of these villages and communities don't even have access. I mean, they're going to a local water hole where you line up behind sheep and goats and cattle and other people, and you get your water from the same water source. There are no clean water sources in so many villages. They need our help. So food, clean water, it helps with some COVID-19 sanitary and safety items, guys, which is critical. They have no way to obtain those things. Bibles, which is so important, that as we meet the needs of these dear friends and children physically, we have the opportunity to share the gospel. And so it's so powerful. So I would just say, with 100 children to go, could we finish the work tonight? I've got a few minutes here with you. Craig, I'm thinking, my friend, of five friends, 
who maybe missed last week at the end of the week, who would prayerfully consider a leadership gift for 20 children. Now, in this case, each child was $62 one-time gift, so 20 kids would be a $1,240 one-time gift. Or if you want to break it out monthly, you can do that. I'm wondering if, if there's that one friend, and we, we ask for this one friend to prayerfully consider a gift for 50 children, or maybe you're listening tonight and you would say, Tommy, I did miss last week, but I could take care of the remaining 100 children with Cross International. Could that be you? I want to give you the number, guys, and, and just let you know the phone is there. It's open. It's ready. But, again, about 100 kiddos that we need to help. Each $62 gift helps another one and another one and another one. Family of five kiddos, $310. Thank you so much to everybody who ordered a game last week. God bless you. Thank you both on the web and over the phone. So here's the number tonight. It's 866-927-6464. Again, 866-927-6464. With about 100 kids to go, again, your one-time gift of $62 helps each child for a full year. Thank you guys so much for helping us finish the work. Again, maybe you could be one of the five to give for 20 kiddos. Maybe, you know, Craig has something else hit me just now. Maybe it could be 10 friends that would give that $620 gift one time and help 10 children. You see how easy this can happen? Or you could be one of 20 to give for five. So we know that God's got this, and we know that God's got you listening. And so would you join us to help finish the work for these beautiful, beautiful children and families at Cross International, 866-927-6464, 866-927-6464, or the Cross banner, uh, I believe it's still there, that you can click on at kfax.com, and you can make your secure gift right there. So, Craig... We need a little extra push, and I believe the KFAX family is going to help us finish the work. I, I do as well, Tom, and I appreciate you coming on to give us a quick update. Let us know where we're at in this special no, effort. It's a critical time. There's no doubt about that. And at it this really intersection, is. to realize that a $62 one-time gift will provide food, water, COVID-19 assistance, scripture for a child for an entire year is pretty amazing. And of course, your gift is. is fully tax deductible. As Tom mentioned, uh, my goodness, even just, you know, if you might say tonight, hey, here's a couple of hundred dollars, go rescue some kids. My goodness, that'll yeah. go a long way to doing just that. The toll-free number to call, sure 866-927-6464. That's 866-927-6464. Again, securely online, as Tom mentioned, go to the KFAX website. Look for the Cross International banner at the top of our homepage, kfax.com or 866-927-6464. 516 from KFAX, a look at traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. 
Well, as we've been discussing, we have seen the impact of COVID-19 impact so many parts of the world, so many parts of life. But I have to wonder, as we talk about the impact on the economy, we know one area where seemingly COVID-19 has been barely even a hint of an impact, and that has been Wall Street. There definitely seems to be a major disconnect between what's happening on Wall Street and Main Street as it relates to COVID-19 and the economy. But of course, that's not necessarily a good indicator of the health of the overall economy. In fact, in many respects, what happens on Wall Street is very much a, a lagging indicator. Well, what about another important indicator, particularly for those of us here in California? Real estate. We'll talk a bit about what impact, if any, has COVID-19 had on Bay Area real estate? What are the folks leaving the San Francisco Bay Area? And does this mean that we're going to see a little bit of an easing in the housing crunch, housing prices? What with some of the historically low interest rates that we've seen maybe since the downturn with the derivatives debacle in 2008-2009, maybe this is the ideal opportunity for you to put your uh, your toe in the water, as the saying goes, and buy some real estate. Let's get some insights on all things real estate. Stephen Thayer joins us. Stephen, of course, is a Bay Area native. He's been in the real estate world for more than a decade and hosts the Real Estate Connection, heard every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. right here on KFAX. And Stephen, always good to have you with us. Thanks a lot for having me, Craig. It's good to be back. Well, let's talk a bit about what's going on in uh, in your world. And, and I guess one of the, the big underlying questions is, as we've seen so much of the impact of COVID-19 on the workforce, unemployment, um, and, uh, and certainly Main Street, has it had, in your opinion, much of an impact on real estate, both in terms, I know you do things a little bit differently these days, and we'll talk about that, but in, in terms of both availability and and housing prices much of an impact so far well there was an immediate impact with the shelter in place order that took effect in early march essentially real estate was not deemed an essential activity and the market came to a halt which just stopped everything in its track and there was a lot of uncertainty in the marketplace however when real estate was deemed an essential business and real estate transactions were able able to start moving forward again, we saw an immediate increase in activity and a recovery that was more on a vertical trajectory than it was on a horizontal plane. Hmm. Interesting. So the, the so-called V-shaped uh, recovery, um, while it, it perhaps is yet to be seen with uh, a full quarter to go in the year in relationship to Wall Street, certainly you've seen that in relationship to, to real estate. Now, we've seen the pictures, and I jokingly said maybe a good business if you want to find a new um, line of work these days is to open up a, a moving and storage company because business certainly seems to be booming in cities like San Francisco, a lot of that because of the impact on jobs and people deciding that, gee, if I can telecommute and the boss doesn't mind uh, where I show up to work from, as long as I'm online digitally when I need to be, I can go move to, uh, you know, Fairbanks, Alaska, or find some great real estate in uh, in Idaho and make a San Francisco salary, 
pay Idaho prices and everything is going to be great. Have you seen much in terms of a of an impact in relationship to either housing prices or um, where are we at in terms of supply and on average, how long is inventory staying on the market these days? Well, that's a very interesting question. Um, in an article recently released by Inman, which is a industry insider trade group, um, there was an entire uh, discussion in relation to Spring being fall being the new spring for 2020, and the, for the reasons you exact that you stated exactly, um, industry or office workers have been forced to work remotely. And what's happening is that businesses are noticing that their productivity has remained at the level that they were while they were in the office, and actually has increased. And then with people becoming more and more comfortable with working remotely along with the businesses, people are starting to buy properties for new reasons, uh, to be around areas they actually enjoy, to move where family is located or where they can get support for child care since there's remote learning taking place. So what we're seeing is a spreading effect from the city centers away from where the commute would be short to areas outside where there is um, less of a barrier to entry to purchase, meaning lower prices. But what what's happening in those suburban neighborhoods is because demand is so high, prices are starting to increase because of low interest rates and buyers competing for a lack of inventory. You know, what's interesting about that is some people escaped the big cities for suburban life because they didn't want the crowds, they didn't want the traffic, they didn't want the noise. And then younger people said, hey, we love the fact that we can go out our front door and uh, in one direction is uh, Panera, in the other direction is Starbucks. The movie theater is two blocks down. So from a ease of accessibility to entertainment, nightlife, uh, food to nausea on, things of that sort, it was found to be very attractive but I have to wonder, uh, a serious question, in relationship to some of the significant unrest that we've seen in the country, particularly in big cities, whether or not that has people that are in a financial position to do so reconsidering whether or not they want to remain in, say, a downtown San Francisco uh, because of sort of the, the lightning rod that big cities have become in relationship to political protests, things of this sort. Do you see any change or impact there where there is perhaps a stronger appeal to move into suburbia or, if I suppose you're really wealthy, into even more rural parts of the country? Well, you know, it's true. So what we're seeing in the in the uh, real estate market is in city centers like San Francisco and downtown areas, the condo market is uh, becoming flooded. So more people are putting their condominiums on the market for sale, and there's not a lot of buyers for it. So even though people are trying to leave, because there's no desire to go into those city centers, it's difficult for them to get the equity out of their properties and move out. However, those who can, who have saved or can get some help or in a financial position to do so, they're, they're, they're absolutely leaving the city centers for those very reasons. 
Um, not only that, but you don't have access to movie theaters anymore. You're having to eat dinner outside. So the nice restaurant that was on the busy corner that was a great location is now not necessarily a good location because they don't have a courtyard where you can eat. And so you're eating dinner with the exhaust fumes of cars going by. And certainly the wildfires have not made it any better now you're eating dinner with exhaust and also ash floating down from the sky. So we're just seeing people wanting to have more space and a little bit more security and more privacy. And so they're moving out, whether it's out of state or into the Central Valley or down south in more rural areas where, say, San Francisco, you're buying a 1,500-square-foot row house for maybe a million five. If you're coming all the way down uh, the peninsula into southern Santa Clara County and Gilroy or Hollister. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. If you're spending a million dollars, you're getting 3,000 square feet on a quarter acre or a half acre, and you're just more comfortable because you can still work remotely. And you've touched on some amazing key points here, uh, not least of which is the impact of COVID on all that used to make living in a big city very attractive that, as you point out, has been uh, suddenly stolen from you. So even if your favorite restaurant is open, um, your idea of a nice romantic uh, dinner with your uh, uh, your significant other might not include al fresco uh, on pavement uh, you know, with traffic whizzing by. And, uh, you know, sadly enough, that's the way it is now. And uh, who knows, depending upon how fast they come up with a viable um, vaccine and uh, how long COVID continues to rear its ugly head, whether or not the new norm may be here for much longer than any of us would ever want or anticipate. Another issue that sort of complicates all of this, and we'll get into this coming back after the break, and that is the notion that some people looking to escape the city, maybe even move out beyond suburbia, but just how far beyond suburbia do you go? One of the most attractive aspects of California, of course, is everything from our mountains to our coastside to our climate. But if suddenly parts of the coastside or the mountains are on fire, that might not be the best place to move to either. We'll talk a bit about that impact on real estate. And then, too, talk about the one big gift that we've all received in relationship as sort of the um, the silver lining portion of COVID-19, if anything are, is, is such possible, and that is historically low interest rates that mean people who are looking to buy up or buy for the first time might have a phenomenal opportunity at this very moment. Of course, you need to know where to look, who to talk to. You need to make sure you've got the right real estate agent. And we're going to find more about that from one of my favorite real estate agents, Stephen Thayard. He, again, hosts the Real Estate Connection, heard Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. right here on KFAX. You can get more information online at Stephen Thayard, spelled T-H-E-A-R-D, Stephen Thayard, Dot com. Let's take a brief time out. We'll come back to more of our discussion. Right now, though, a quick discussion on real estate. No, how about on the road ahead? That's on real estate, too. Just long, thin strips. <laughs> Here's a look at traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. 
We're talking all things real estate with real estate expert Stephen Thayard, host of the Real Estate Connection. Check it out Saturday mornings, 8 o'clock, right here on KFAX. We've been looking at a number of the ways in which uh, current events in the news have impacted um, certainly not just the economy, but uh, the fallout that's been experienced by real estate. Uh, what of the notion we were mentioning before the break, Stephen, about more and more people that, that especially with businesses saying it's fine if you work uh, remotely, that are selecting to either get away from downtown where they used to be close to the office and maybe moving to an area where they can spread out a little bit more, even to those folks that say, gee, this is an opportunity for me to really move out of town and, and get some beautiful real estate. I'm wondering, though, how challenging has that become? And is there even a degree to which it might be prohibitive in terms of being able to find, say, for example, somebody to insure your home? So you, you find the beautiful real estate in Tahoe. Can you insure it? And um, do we see any potential impact on real estate overall with the ongoing issue of wildfires in California? Yeah, it's been an unfortunate event, the wildfires, and a lot of people don't think about the fallout on the real estate market. So you can rebuild. Your insurance company is going to pay you out, but getting your house insured again after it's rebuilt is becoming difficult. Um, premiums are going up or they're, or it's just not available anymore. Uh, and that's a part of the industry where I always advise my clients to talk to an insurance professional because every situation and scenario is different. However, if you are looking to move into the mountains, it could be more expensive than it was last year. I was just speaking to a listener who called um, today who was going to move out of San Bruno because he's retired out of his one-bedroom, one-bath condo, and that's a good area because it's right outside the city. People are moving out of the city, and it's very desirable right now, but he's thinking about where he should go. So we were speaking about the Central Coast someplace like San Luis Obispo County that has a similar climate and feel as the Bay Area, but it's only a couple hours drive away from family if they're still local, but you still get a coastal community, and then you also get the benefit of the wineries. It's not too much in uh, wooded areas where you're going to be worried about burning, um, but you have a lot of variety to choose from. So being that California has an economy and a size of a lot of small countries, there's just a lot to choose from. So even though we do have challenges in areas where it is on fire, because we're so large, there's still opportunity in other places. All right, fair enough. Now, let's uh, let's talk the broader picture in relationship to um, how some of what's transpired in the economy is helping to uh, potentially broaden that opportunity even more so. Um, we've seen uh, the Federal Open Market Committee come in as recent as a week ago Wednesday and say, no, nah, we're going to leave it alone. In fact, we're probably not going to touch the prime rate well into 2022. That being the case, we're seeing historically low rates when it comes to 30-year fixed mortgages. Um, how much of this is going to be a golden opportunity for people looking to buy up, to move, or even become a first-time homebuyer? So with the cost of money, because that's what you're basically talking about, uh, interest rates have been hovering around 3% or below 
for a very long time. So the cost to borrow money is a lot lower, which means you can borrow more of it and keep your payments down. This allows a lot more people to get into the real estate market. However, um, because we live in a unique area where you have high-tech workers that have been working throughout the pandemic who never stopped. They just changed geography from their office to their home. And also essential workers, there's a lot of strong buyers in the market which are driving the prices up. So even though it's it's easier to borrow more money for less cost, you still have a lot of competition. This is going to drive these first-time home buyers further out. So we're looking out into Pleasanton, maybe out past Livermore into Tracy, the Central Valley, Modesto's become very popular, um, and even out towards Hollister um, and the uh, Marina area of Monterey. So all of those outlying uh, places where people were kind of afraid to go move to because of the commute are becoming popular, but because you're in a time of year where also a lot of people are not listing their houses for sale because we're heading into the holiday period, um, that makes inventory shrink, even though people are still interested in buying because we're not going to see a lot of movement either for traveling over the holiday period like we would normally do or normally see. Um, because of fear of being on airplanes and and moving geography, that'll keep buyers in the market for a lot longer. And we 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 expect to see this velocity in the real estate market to continue all the way into January. Now, the big question mark is the election. So, if everything stays status quo, we can kind of depend on this uh, trend to move forward, but. After November 3rd, we're not sure, based on just the environment, could shift. And that could either slow us down or it could go smooth and create more velocity. And that's the big question mark right now is the election. And and certainly to the degree to which, um, you know, ultimately Wall Street will sort of factor in a number of issues and, you know, life will go on. I realize there's a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth out there. What if Trump wins? What if Trump doesn't win? Things of this sort. Uh, We've proven historically, if history uh, tends to repeat itself, we've proven historically to be a fairly resilient nation. And as much as any scenario may appear to be the sky is falling, I have a sense the sun will come up the next day and we'll manage to figure it all out. It may look different. It may feel different. It may take us a while to figure things out, but eventually we will. And, and I suspect, if anything, maybe it delays in trying to ascertain uh, the end result of the election might make it kind of an interesting season, November, December, probably not traditionally really the greatest time to try to be buying or selling real estate historically anyway, because most folks are looking at traveling in vacation time and the holidays and, you know, who wants to tear the house apart to sell it uh, when you're trying to celebrate Christmas. Um, All of that said, in relationship to what we've seen with these historically low interest rates, money may be cheaper. Is it any freer? And by that I mean, Stephen, um, has there been any laxing of um, uh, qualifications um, do the folks at the banks give any consideration if, for example, you were once a, a two-person 
household and now suddenly one of you is no longer working? Any relaxation at all when it comes to qualifications to your understanding? Um, that would be a big no. So, um, and that's actually good. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's, that. I like you being straightforward. That's good. That would be a big no. <laughs> um, so the, the lending guidelines tightened up after our last bubble, and um, they haven't changed, and which is good because the market is made up of equity and strong borrowers who have been vetted heavily. So when people come to me and ask, are we dealing with the bubble? I say absolutely not. When somebody, especially back in 2017 and 2018, was were writing a check for a $1.5 million house in San Jose or putting 50% down in cash, that is a very strong foundation for a real estate market. And even if, buyer, if sellers get a little stressed because it slows down a bit, they're less likely to walk away from their house and take a loss when there's that much cash undergirding the value of the home. So you will see the market maybe flatten, but you will not see it dive like it did back in 06, 07, when there was literally nothing of value behind those loans. Um, so no, um, I don't see that happening. Um, and I think that's going to be a good thing because if we do have a continuation of the current administration and there's a sense of normalcy, I actually do believe that the market will continue at its current velocity all the way through 2021. So I'm advising all buyers, hear me, listen to me, the house in California is the prize. The house is the prize once you get into the market and if this continues like we, we expect it will then the equity that you're going to be earning over the next few years will be worth what you think you're overpaying for the property just getting into it and i'm, I'm glad you you stated in that those terms because it is encouraging for people to understand that the dynamics that were involved in the housing downturn in 2008-2009 were very different. And you had all the derivatives business going on and you had a lot of the issue of, of people that were in over their heads. And as a result, you know, they would go in and they would buy a property for X number of dollars and then they would be paying interest only or even a, a neg and mortgage where they were actually adding to the amount of their loan every month. The bank said that's okay because if you foreclose on it, uh, we take the house back, we're still going to make money. Well, suddenly we realize, yeah, that works for one or two houses. When it's in the hundreds, now it becomes a bit problematic. So the good news mm -hmm. is that many of the fundamentals continue to be strong in spite of what was happening with uh, the COVID-19 impact and that many of the dynamics that um, created the mess in 20, uh, I'm sorry, in 2008 no longer exist. Let's take a time out. When we come back, I want to spend some time uh, with Stephen Thayer talking about some of the, the challenges oftentimes when it comes to dealing with buying and selling real estate. For example, what if you find yourself in a situation where you're having to now deal with a probate sale because a loved one has passed away and that house never went in to a trust? Stephen has to be an expert in that arena. We'll get some 
answers to questions. Coming up next, Stephen Thayer with us today, host of the Real Estate Connection, heard Saturdays at 8 a.m. right here on KFAX. Right now, we hear from traffic from the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Stephen Thayer is with us today. We're talking all things real estate. You can check out his show Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock here on KFAX, The Real Estate Connection. And certainly if you have any deeper questions beyond what we've kind of hit on the surface today, you can be in touch with Stephen. Go to his website at stephenthayard.com, T-H-E-A-R-D, Stephen, the P-H, stephenthayard.com. Or um, you can certainly call his office at 408 776 71 52. One of the, the challenging sales related to real estate that can be particularly frustrating if you are a heir or perhaps the executor of an estate, and that is dealing with a probate sale because there are layers of complexity in relationship to court involvement. The home, for whatever reason, was never part of a trust, and so as a result, it has to be a court-supervised sale. How complicated can all of that get? You know, that's a good question. It can be really complicated or can run fairly smoothly. The issue mainly is the cost and the time. Because in any probate, no matter what you do, you have to hire an attorney. And then you have to deal with the court system and getting court dates to make certain steps to get the household, to get it to move forward is what I'm trying to say. So, um Especially right now with COVID-19, if you're starting a probate and the courts are shut down or they're minimal staff, what would have been a six-month process has now doubled into a year. And so wow. if, you're a, yeah, if you're a state, if there are people in the estate or, or heirs that really need money out of the sale of the asset to pay off uh, bills of the uh, decedent, uh, the interest rate can pile up on that and uh, penalties, or you may just be financially strapped and you're looking forward to getting some of that money out of the out of the estate to pay off your own bills and get things smoother, and you can just be behind the eight ball because you're at the mercy of the system, which is the courts in, in California. So making sure that you've got an agent that understands many of the peculiarities related to probate sale important because as you indicate anything along the way that could be a avoided delay in what is already a long involved drug out process take a number get in line that sort of a thing can exacerbate it even further so if you have a group of heirs that are antsy to get their hands on aunt sally's cash because they plan to buy a house themselves or maybe going to take that uh, dream vacation to europe um sounds like patience is the watchword Absolutely. And the issue on top of it all is distribution of the assets at the end of the probate. And I say end of the probate. So the house is a piece of the probate, as well as all the other assets involved in the estate. So if Aunt Sally had a coin collection or old cars or maybe uh, some other antiques types of assets, the 
the court, the court has to come in and assign a value, and it has to be sold out in a proper way. So all the assets generally need to be distributed or sold, and then at the end, all of the um, proceeds are, are released to the heirs. Now, you can sometimes get special dispensation from the court to get some of the money out and distributed, but again, it's another court date that has to be set, and the judge has to approve. So you really need to work with a real estate professional who understands the process and who can team with an attorney. They have to understand each other. The realtor has to be able to speak a little bit of law speak and understand what's going on in the probate process. And the real estate attorney, uh, the probate attorney, needs to understand the nuts and bolts of the real estate transaction because they both have to work together in order for the house to get sold. So having the advantage of a real estate agent who has some experience in probate can, can really help to sort of, uh, I mean, it's never an easy process to be sure, but at least kind of uh, uh, grease the skid, so to speak. Yes, and good, real, good realtors or real estate agents truly do become a team member of whatever client they're working with, whatever situation, but especially in probate. So long before the house may get on the market, you may have need to get an estate sale done of all of the knickknacks that may still be left in the house that nobody else in the family wants. So somebody who's well-versed in the probate process will have people in their back pocket will call this person to help with the estate sale, call with this person to ha- help with antique cars to, get, to help you sell them for the most amount of money, or call this person to help you with, um, repairs that have to be done in the house for health or safety reasons, or to sit down and look at the estate as a whole to see what the best approach is for selling the house. Because if you're in a state with a lot of cash and it may and it costs you fifteen twenty thousand dollars to bring the home up to speed and it hasn't been updated in a while, and you're going to triple that amount of money on the back end and people can wait. That's a whole different scenario from. Um, I have to get my money out as soon as possible because Aunt Sally had $100,000 in medical bills that we need to pay, and we're just going to sell the house as is. So there's always a story, and a good professional will hear what that story is, marry themselves to it, and help the people get to their intended destination as effectively and efficiently as possible. And, uh, you know, certainly, as you point out, uh, a knowledgeable agent can make all the difference in the world. Whether you're dealing with a complicated probate sale on behalf of a loved one or if you're serving as the executor or just buying and selling real estate overall. I mean, there are loads of disclosures that could probably rival the average phone book, if you remember what that is. And um, having somebody that's experienced, that can kind of cut through the red tape and help you through the process, buying or selling, and uh, certainly that can be a big, big advantage. So if you are considering right now an opportunity to dive in for the first time, maybe as a new home buyer here in the San Francisco Bay Area, maybe you're looking to uh, 
move up to something a little bit more spacious. The family's growing, you need a little additional space, or perhaps just the opposite, want to save some room because you don't want to have so much housework to do as you're in your retirement years. Why not give Stephen Thayer a call? You can check him out on the Real Estate Connection Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock right here on KFAX. You can call him at 408-776-7152. That's 408-776-7152. Or check him out online. Simply go to stephenthayard.com, spelled T-H-E-A-R-D, stephenthayard.com. And Stephen, we certainly appreciate the time and the insights. Six o'clock from KFAX. Let's get you some insights into the world of traffic.